It's time for Girls in Golf Podcast with your favorite hosts, Lex and Sarah. Ladies, when you're ready. Welcome to Girls in Golf, part of the Cowboys Podcast Network. This is our first live podcast ever. I'm your host, Lex, joined by Sarah. And today, we are also joined by two of our first guests. One of them is a Hall of Famer, a 10-time major champion, Miss 59, Annika Sorenstam. Hello, Annika. And the other is the multi-talented CBS broadcaster. She also has a 200-hour certified yoga teacher certification. I guess I kind of, (laughs) you know, doubled up there. But she's also a Callaway ambassador. We love her. Amanda Balionis, thank you both for being here. Could you introduce me first next time? Because it's really hard to follow up on because resume. That was embarrassing for me. (laughs) No, I, no, no. You guys are both. So wonderful in the world of golf, and we were so honored to have you as two of our first guests ever on this podcast, which we launched a year ago on Women's Golf Day, and we've continued to talk to various women in the sport, but now we kind of want to take today to regroup and kind of talk about where women are and what we make up in the sport of golf, while also taking some listener and viewer questions. So if you have them, send them in on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube. But to start us off, Sarah has a couple of numbers that we can talk about where women are in the game of golf. Yeah, so um, we've been doing a lot of data collecting over here at, at uh, Callaway, and we have some pretty big numbers, right? So women's participation is consistently growing in golf. And right now, there's about 5.7 million women total in golf, which is huge and mind blowing. Um, And women also represent a disproportionately higher percentage of beginners at around 31% and juniors as well as around 38%. So it's very clear that women's golf is growing and it's going to continue to keep exponentially growing. So um, I guess let's start there. Let's chat about why this is trending so much, why it's growing and how we can continue to keep it, you know, to keep getting more and more women in the game. So, Annika, what, are, what have you been focusing on to bring in more women, and, and how do you think we can get even better at that? Well, you know, since I stepped away in 2008, which is 12 years ago, I've been spending a lot of time on, on junior golf. And as we all, all those junior girls will turn into to women down the road, and hopefully they will continue to play golf. But, you know, we really focus on the family aspect where it's a, it's a sport for everyone. And as you mentioned, with all those numbers – those are great numbers because they have increased in the last 10, 15 years, but I still think we can, we can do more and we can do better. I think a few things to think about when it comes to women and why they should play golf and, and the things that you learn about maybe yourself, but just really for these young girls is uh, life skill lessons. You know, it's so similar to life as far as just, you know, the patience aspect, the focus aspect, the integrity aspect, a lot of things that I know that these young girls will use, you know, later in life. And, you know, when you go out and play, it's, it's a great way to network. We all know that being outside is a good thing for you. And I know times have been a little crazy the last few months. And golf is actually being considered one of the safer sports. Going out there and, and interacting, exercising, it's good for your cardiovascular, you know, it's mu- using muscles. You're even using the mental or the, you know, your brain when you play golf. So I think golf has so many things to offer and it fits women very, very well. I think in the past, a lot of women have always felt, I don't belong here. I play from a different tee and they hit it so far. I cannot contribute. But I would say on the contrary, you know, you really can. And being outside 
and meet other women, whether it's business down the road or just being with your family, I think women have a lot to, to offer. So I think it's a great sport for, for years to come and it will continue to grow. And, you know, I'm sure um, Amanda has some um, comments as well, but I, I remember when I played junior golf and we didn't have women's clothing. We didn't have girls' clothing. I mean, everything I wore was extra, extra small men. You know, the hats, I mean, I have quite a small hat, but still, they didn't make hats for women. And if you can't feel good about yourself and having clothing that's, you know, meant to be worn by women, you always felt like, why should I play a sport where we don't have that? And the last thing, obviously, with Callaway, who's a leader in this, is to come out with women's equipment. It's not just chopping down a golf club and put a pink grip on and say, here you go, play golf. You know, we're design women are designing golf clubs, which so makes it a lot more fun. So it's like there's a purpose for us now when we feel welcome. So I think there's a lot of things that are pointing in that direction where, you know, we're targeting women and that's why they should play. Yeah. I mean, listen, women's golf, I, I love that these numbers are showing growth, right, for women because I think and Annika, you and I have talked about this when you've been keynote speakers at PGA tour events at these women's days and I've always been really inspired by the way that you approach this because you know women in business who are leaders in business sometimes feel too intimidated to pick up the game of golf but they they show up to these pga tour events and to these women's day events because they want to figure out how to get in and really the answer is so simple just just go get a lesson and just put yourself out there and i know that's easier said than done maybe at an older age to be vulnerable and, and be okay with not being great at something especially when you're a leader um, maybe in your in your company or in your group, but it really is, I think, at, a, at an older age, important to say, you know what, I might not be great at it, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be a part of it. And I see that every day. I'm invited to play in pro-ams, and the most disheartening thing, well, it used to be disheartening for me, is I'd be put in groups, and I'd be drafted really high up, you know, during the pairings party, because people thought I played college golf. Well, no, I played college volleyball, guys. Like, I... If I shoot, you know, if I break 100, I'm thrilled. So imagine these guys' faces when I tell them, oh, no, I'm not a great golfer. I'm just a fun golfer. And they're like, wow, we thought we were going to win, and now you, you're a terrible player. And, you know, but I think the minute I can reframe that and say, listen, I'm not a great golfer, but I love to be out here. I love what it brings to me. I love what this game is about. Um, you know, they can – that resonates with them as well. And so I think – that breaking down those barriers of you don't have to be a good golfer, a great golfer to go out and be a part of the golf community um, is something that I think we're starting to do a good job at, but I think there's a, there's a long road ahead of us um, to keep that narrative going as well. And, and starting at a young age is important, but I think part of that too is, is making the game more accessible. You know, we talk a lot right now about black lives matter and how we get more people of color into this game. So it doesn't, have this, you know, this kind of elitist feel. And I think that's the same for girls. Like, I think a lot of girls think this is a guy sport. So I think when we talk about inclusivity, it's not just about women, it's about everybody. And how do we make this game, you know, affordable for everybody and, and all of those things. Um, but I will say, once you pick up the game or you can find a public course to go play, um, you know, during the social distancing time when I was in Florida and I stayed in Florida, wanted to be with my boyfriend, but mainly because my mom was in Florida and I didn't want to be across the country from her in case something happened. The only time I felt safe seeing her over the last three months was on a golf course. And I would go and I would drive and I would play golf with her and my aunt. And that was the only time I felt okay with seeing them, but it provided us a platform for connection and a place that was safe and outside that we could still be together. So 
I think golf is a, is a great vehicle for business, for relationships. Like Annika said, for family, what other sport can you go out and you can have four generations of people playing the same game, right? I mean, that to me is just, that's an incredible gift that this game gives us. So, um, you know, I would love, obviously we, we talk about growing the women's game at the LPGA level and, and the Symmetra Tour and all of those things. But I think all I can really speak to is the, the social side of golf and what it can bring to you if you're not a professional player. It can still bring so much into your life, um, you know, just as, just as a regular person like me. <laughs> Amanda, you bring up a really good point, and that's actually something that Lex and I were discussing the other day as when, you know, when I first started thinking about golf, I, I thought that LPGA was the only real career path that you could take. In it. And that's, you know, not true. There's a lot of different avenues um, that you can take to be in the golf industry. Yes, you can be an LPGA player or a professional golfer, but you can also go into broadcasting and into media, um, or you could do something like Lex and I are doing and working for a golf company, um, whether it's uh, being an editor and producer of podcasts or a graphic designer or, you know, working in any of one of the amazing departments that the big companies have. Um, you can also work for like a, a small company, a startup company. Um, so there's, there are a lot of different avenues. And I think every year, you know, people are starting to realize, you know, the vast majority of things you can go into, it's, it's limitless. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it's again, it just even if you don't go into the golf industry itself, golf is going to serve you when, you know, the guys in the office say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna leave work early on Friday and go out and play who wants to come and you can raise your hand and you don't miss out on any of those business deals. You don't miss out on that team bonding. Um, and again, you don't have to be good. Like, I go out sometimes with people and, you know, if I hit it out of bounds twice, I say, you know, guys, I'm just going to pick up on this hole and I'll, I'll ride along and, and kind of cheer everyone else on and, and go on the next hole. No one cares about that. All they really care about is if you're taking 25 swings a hole and you're slowing everybody down, right? So it's kind of just learning. To me, it's like learning the etiquette of kind of not being a great golfer and just keeping up and having fun. And, and that can really provide a lot for, for you as well. You know, Amanda, you did bring up something earlier that a lot of people are afraid of not being good at something, right? Like that is something that holds people back, especially when you are picking up the game at an older age. You know, half over half of the female participants in golf are over the age of 50 or maybe even 60. So those beginners, I think it's important to recognize them too, as much as the juniors, you know, like they are taking on an entirely new hobby and a new skill and accepting that they might not be as good at it as they could have been at a younger age. And I think that that gets looked over because we think about the demographic of golf being so young when we look at the tours and when we look at even like a business community, when it, we think about it that way, but really it's an older sport because well, of a lot of reasons. And Annika, I, you can speak to this, and I hope that you will, because you, when you talk, you speak a lot about overcoming fear. And for you, that was a, it was not the fear of playing great golf, right? It was the fear of speak. You know, you you had your own stuff to get over, but you have now used that in a way to encourage women, especially women in business, to pick up the game. And I've heard you speak about it, and it, it always kind of like moves me to to get emotional. So I hope that you can kind of give us a, a little bit of that if you're willing. Sure. No, you're right. I mean, I it wasn't uh, I wasn't afraid of, of playing or hitting a shot. It was more to be 
in the limelight to be seen and be heard. It's just, I, you know, just being a shy person from, from the start. But, you know, golf is giving me confidence. It's giving me, you know, the ability to be able to do what I want, of course, and follow my dreams. But I, I think at golf, it can, you can use golf as that platform to help you, whatever we mentioned, whether it's, you know, for business and networking and team bonding and all of those things. I, it's, it's really important. And, but uh, I think, you know, golf can be a humbling game. It really can be. So, again, it's not just about being the professional and hitting every shot perfect and making all those putts, but just to go out there and enjoy the game and, you know, set your own little goals, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, getting a few lessons and technically getting better or just you know, hit the ball a little further and just but joining a club and have that social aspect. There's not a lot of games when you have that, when you can talk to other women about life and the things that they go through and but still go out there and have a fun time and, you know, a lot of times, you know, it doesn't have to be 18 holes. We know that. It could be nine holes. It could be six holes. Uh, but something to really go out there and, and feel comfortable what you do. Uh, I think it's really more the key and, and be able to express yourself through the game of golf. So for me, it has helped me to, again, build the confidence and do what I want to do and, and not to be afraid to try. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I did was to play with the men in 2003. I mean, talk about being uncomfortable, talking about doing something out of the box <laughs> and and I think other women you know you start thinking about that but if you prepare and you kind of get ready you realize that you can really raise the bar for yourself and you'll be able to achieve much more than you think you can so um, it's uh, it's a good uh, analogy to just kind of think of that as, as well and anything in life you just got to try something new and all of a sudden when you try it you get better and all of a sudden it's like oh I can do this you know, Annika, I'll be speaking of 2003, we have a question from Clayton on YouTube, and he wants to know if there was a point in your career after your achievements or even, you know, playing in a men's tournament, did you feel you were viewed as an equal by your male competitors? Well, I think, um, you know, things have changed a little bit since then. I mean, that's 17 years ago. Um, at that time, it was like I was the first woman in 58 years to do it. So it's not a common thing. Uh, I think a lot of the uh, male golfers, especially, you know, they would, they were kind of wondering what is she doing? What's she trying to achieve? And, you know, she has her own tour and why does she have to go over here? But then you had more of the open-minded, you know, the guy that really doesn't care, you know, she's not going to, you know, she's not going to give me a run for the money. So they were not nervous or anything like that. But then, then you had other people like some LPJ players that were worried that I would, you know, that I would mess up or I would uh, ruin the women's reputation or tarnish what we have worked so hard. And, and, you know, just that it wouldn't be even something to show up on, on the, you know, to play on the same platform like that. It would just be embarrassing. So the, I think overall, it's just when people don't know things, you get scared. And a lot of times when you don't know and you get scared, negative thoughts come in and then you find all the, you know, the bad stuff and saying, okay, you know, this is maybe not uh, so common, but look at the positives. It's a sport for everyone. Here's another athlete that just trying to be better to trying to learn from others. And it's, it's a good thing for the, for golf to open up that it's, you know, as an athlete, you know, we push ourselves to extreme level. It really doesn't matter, you know, how or where you play. So I think that, again, when, when something new comes out, a lot of people, you know, get very defensive, sometimes angry. And, but I would say, to, you know, to finish up on this question, I think that once, uh, 
once the tournament was over, I mean, I was, I was so welcomed by the guys that were at the tournament. I mean, they, a lot of them said, you want to play a practice round with me? And I was hitting balls, you know, on the range next to these guys. And they wanted to show me how, how to hit a draw, how to hit a fade and, and which I appreciate, but uh, I kind of knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you were getting mansplained. <laughs> <all day. laughs> but, uh, you know, I think they just, again, it's, you know, they really probably didn't know how to, how to handle it. But uh, I, thought, I would say overall, I felt, I felt very welcome. And, you know, I think it was, they felt, hey, we're here. This is history and let's, let's help them. And I like, you know, the last 15 years, we've seen a lot more with men and women. I know the LPGA and the PGA Tour are starting to work together. I know that with companies, you know, like Callaway, that's kind of innovative in this area. There's a lot of things that we do together. And I think, you know, we can help each other. And it's just a good thing. Yeah, we also have another question from YouTube from Raj. He wants to get his daughter into golf and he has had no luck so far. So do you have any advice on getting her interested in the game? Yeah, I'm not really sure how old, how old she is, but uh, I would say just in general, I mean, keep in mind that kids are like humans. We're all very different. You know, we have all different interests and, you know, some kids do better in groups, some kids do better as individuals and some, you know, just, it's just difficult. But I think the key is to try to make it fun. And I think number one is how can you associate golf with fun? And I, you know, I struggle with this with, with my daughter. I mean, she is 10 and Obviously, she has she was almost born on a golf course, but it doesn't mean that you're going to love golf. And she has a very natural swing, but sometimes she can she can care less about the game. And so, how do I get her involved? Well, I I, I try not to force it. I try not to give too many pointers because if I say too many things, then you know they don't want to listen. They want to try. So I'm very I'm a lot more open minded now than I was maybe three or four years ago because I wanted her to play and learn the basics and have fun and then you just kind of get the response of, no, this is not what I want. So I take her out. Like the other day, I took her out. Actually, I said, I'm hitting balls. You're coming with me. Oh, do I have to hit balls? I said, no, you don't have to hit balls, but I, I want to have your company. So I brought her back. You know, she's in flip-flops, number one. Uh, and then we get to the driving range, and I put up my bag. I put up hers, and I start hitting. And, and so she gets my phone, and I'm not a, a fan of devices, but I said, okay, let her do it. And so she starts filming my swing back and forth and eventually she wants me to film her swing and eventually we do this all of a sudden she was hitting balls and I was filming her and she had such a good time so I think that you know again it, I didn't really have a purpose of going there other than to bring her out to the golf course she left and she was happy she hit some great shots I showed her some pointers because she saw it in her swing and all of a sudden you know we had a good 45 minutes together on the golf course or on the driving range so I think you know the key for any parent is to bring them out, but then just kind of see how it goes. You know, if, even if you want to go have a, a drink or a snack at the snack bar, or if you're driving in a cart, you know, let them be part of it, but not feel like they have to play 18 holes from tee to green. Maybe just have them putt a little bit. If you play a scramble or alternate shot, maybe they hit the shot into the green, something, let them write the scorecard, or maybe let them paint their golf ball so when they hit a shot they have a smiley face on it or, or but it, just come up with things that they want to do so it doesn't become this uh strict boring long you know like things that we really don't want especially at that age when they have zero um concentration span you have to come up with new things all the time so you know i have relaxed a little bit on the rules as far as just what what she can wear and not wear because early on it was color and it was this and this they just don't like it. So I think we all as a society or community, you know, to get new people into it, we have to be 
respect the tradition, respect the history, but also be more flexible so we can have kids start to continue to enjoy this game or pick it up and not feel like there's so many rules and golf is so, so boring. And, and also just finding maybe golf courses that are not as strict, right? Like I, I think there's room for all of it. You can be a strict traditionalist in golf and there's going to be a club for you. I personally like a more informal way of golf. So I go up to Goat Hill Park that is dog friendly and it's board shorts and a flat brim and, and that's okay too, right? So it's, I think it's finding a course that kind of fits what you're looking for. Um, and also like finding leagues, PGA of America is doing a great job with their PGA junior league, um, you know, and then first tee programs, like making it really a, more of a team thing. Like when I started, when I was younger, my parents are golf obsessed. And so they, I was also raised on a golf course my whole life. But if I wanted to hang out with my parents, you know, certain times of the week, I had to go onto the golf course with them and they let me play in the bunkers, you know, like my dad would let me build sandcastles in the bunkers. I'm sure members weren't thrilled with that. Um, but he did what he could to keep me out there with him. Um, and so I think it's exactly what Annika is saying. Like if you want to make it a family thing, make it fun for them. But also if you want them to maybe, I was more of a team person. I like to be a part of a team that didn't really exist. I, I think when I was growing up, now you can go and find leagues where these kids can be a part of a team and not feel the pressure of like the individualized sport that golf eventually becomes for you. But there, there are ways to do it where they can still make friends out there too and feel like they're a part of something bigger. Yeah, I think you, I think you hit on something there with friends. And even if you, I mean, we all know that if you go to a club, there's not that many junior girls on the range. But if, you know, if your daughter has a friend who might not be into golf, but maybe just ask her to come along, you know, just yes. for that. And then she's going to say, well, let me try putting. Let's do it together because girls – they are more of the social, you know, they want to have somebody there and to go by yourself on the range when some boys, maybe even if they're cute boys, they're not just going to go up there and, <laughs> you know, they might feel like they're embarrassing themselves. So, you know, mm -hmm. get them with other girls and, you know, it might be easier that way to, to lure them to the golf course if they bring their best friend or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's keep talking about the women's community. I wore a shirt that says sisterhood today for that reason. I think that it's really important to remind women that like this is a chance to get out and be with your friends. We have a podcast coming out next week with the president of the largest ladies league in the country. And she said like, they only play nine. They are all, you know, some of them are retired. Some of them are young professionals and it's a chance for them to really get to know each other. Amanda, you have a ton of friends that span the women's golf industry from people who work at the USGA like Kira or partner with them women who are in fashion, Michelle, who played for years. What can you tell us about, you know, the variety that you have there and how they are helping bring women together? Yeah, I think that's honestly been one of the most fun things as I travel through this golf world that, that to be fair, and I think I've been on the record as saying this, I kind of fell into, right? Like I thought I was going to be on the sidelines of NFL games that was going to be my job. And then 2011, I kind of fall into golf and, and I'm not quite sure what I'm getting myself into and end up with this not only amazing career and like the dream job, but this incredible circle of women. And, and you're right, spanning from major champions to women that have left the fashion industry, you know, high end fashion that are now designing strictly women's golf clothes and every skill level um, in between. And, and I think honestly, what I've learned the most from these women is that 
find your group that's going to be inclusive and accepting and wants what you want out of the game, right? Because it's, it's not fun if you go out and, and the person you're playing alongside of wants to go out and score and they want to compete, but you want to play music and have fun. Like, I think you got to make sure that you're going out with kind of the same intention. Um, and like Hallie Ledbetter, obviously big, you know, she's a partner with Callaway and she's one of my best friends. I love going out with her because I know that she's going to help me and she's probably going to FaceTime David at some point and he's going to make fun of my swing, but then also help me. And then like, but it just, it doesn't, it feels like a non-judgment zone. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay that they're better than me. I just, but I know they're not judging me for that. Um, so I think women in general in the golf world, they want to see other women succeed. They want to see other women on the golf course more. Nothing makes me happier than when I go to a golf course and there's, a women's foursome in front of me or behind me. Like I, it's weird how rare that is. And it's kind of sad to say, but I love going out and seeing women doing this on their own and not just playing with their husbands or, you know what I mean? Their business partners. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that camaraderie of seeing more women just choosing to play together as like their, as their group friend thing um, is really uplifting to me. And that I've been able to find that. And I think, you know, I, I think going out and being able to invite your friends, even if they don't play, maybe all of a sudden they're going to be interested. And now you have now stumbled upon a new, a new girl group to go out and play with on Fridays. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my circle that has been slowly collected, I would say over the last 10 years. Um, but the, the underlying principle with that friend group is that we are all very accepting of each other and want each other to succeed and we want to have fun. So I, I think that really is why it works for us. I, I agree with that. And I, I think like that's like that's why social media is so important too because it gives us such a broader voice to to reach out to other women who might be interested as well. Like Amanda, you have amazing content and you know, you can now speak to hundreds of thousands of women out there who are gonna follow you and gonna wanna see what you do. Same thing with you, Annika. Um, you can bring in, you know, women of all ages, including kids. Um, and without, you know, without Instagram or without any of these big platforms, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they didn't exist. That might not have happened. So it's just like, I find it so amazing how every year there's more and more ways that make it easier for us to talk to one another and to start like, uh, like a legit group together. Yeah, Annika, have you found the way that you reach out to women is different or like how, how has the way, cause I know you're so passionate about growing the game, but like, how has it evolved for you as social media continues to, to kind of be a, a main way of communication now in, in the sports world? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, my, my target has been more to the Annika foundation and young girls and inspire them. You know, of course, you know, it's a little different for me being the player and a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, we're not going to play with it. 10 major champion and I said well you know I'm not here to take your money I'm here to try to have time um so it, you know people get intimidated and so forth so I think my approach is more okay let's introduce other people family again kids into the sport how can you and especially young girls as you know with with our tournaments and now and now we when we have that community it's it's a lot easier because then it's more about their dreams and their achievements and these are my lessons and this is what golf has taught me so I don't necessarily have a, a friends group to play with other than my family and and uh, you know 
the closed ones because they are they're okay playing with me uh, but you know when I take that other approach through the through the girls that gives me a chance to get that message out and I think um, that's really the group that we care about and I think that's the biggest group that we can get to start to play golf I mean right now we know 15 years ago there was 13% of all the juniors were girls now we are here 15 years later and we're like 33 34% so things are changing you know, thanks to a lot of different initiatives and so forth. But uh, this social media, I think, is a great uh, way to get young kids into it and the girls especially. So I'm going to continue. That's my avenue, and I, 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 I like it. And as obviously being a mom, too, I can – I mean, I, I, I experience it myself, you know, the, the lessons. Also, it's not just something you talk about. I mean, I have – we have a daughter and we have two kids, so I, I live it and I learn along the way. So it's been a fun, fun process, I think. Well, before That's, we stray away from that, where can we follow both of you on social channels? Go ahead, Annika. Oh, wait, and I think you're—I think you're on TikTok too. So don't leave out your TikTok <laughs> name. Seen <laughs> that? Yeah, my daughter put that up there. Um, uh, well, if you want to—if I start, then thank you, Amanda. It's well—it's Instagram is probably what I use the most. It's Annika S fifty nine, and then uh, then I have Twitter, so it's Annika fifty nine. But then also, if you want to check out our foundation stuff is Annika um, foundation.org and we have social media as well. So we kind of um, share back and forth as far as content goes, whether it's the fitness or whether it's the tournaments and, you know, we do a lot of girls profiling through the Annika foundation, which is fun to get their story out there. So please follow. Cause that's really the next generation of golfers that we have. And the next uh, group of superstars or just influencers and in whatever they do, they're terrific young girls that we get the chance to see around the world. So it's been Really cool to follow them. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're doing incredible work. I don't know if we've said that enough on this on this podcast, but I mean, it. You don't need to be doing anything at this point. Like your career, your resume speaks for itself, and you choose to. I mean, really put yourself out there in a full time way to continue to grow the game, and I I respect the heck out of it. Um, and I look up to you very much for for the passion that you continue to bring in into the game of golf, but. Um, you can follow me, which does not have a ton of, you know, great stuff like Annika does. It's mainly just dogs and <laughs> lots and of dogs. We follow, uh, we follow you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, it's just my last name on Instagram. And then on Twitter, it's just Amanda underscore Alionis. We'll definitely give both of these ladies a follow. And thank you so much for joining us today. Just even talk about, you know, like where women are at and what we can do, how to get people in the game. You know, that's always changing. Sometimes it's all, but it always underlies in making it fun, right? Like that's the most important thing. And we really hope that we can come back, you know, a year from now and say that we have, as Callaway helped grow the women's game. One of the things that we do is engineer product for women. Yesterday, we just debuted our women's stroke lab putters. So go check those out on odysseygolf.com. Thank you everyone for joining our first live girls in golf. We will be doing this again sometime soon, but next week we will be on our normal podcast schedule with Gretchen Quigley, the president of the largest ladies league in the country. Make sure you check it out. Also check out the Callaway golf podcast and the fitting room. We will see you next Wednesday.